from deep behind the enemy lines of FEMA Region 3. You're listening to the Powder Monkey Podcast on PirateInfoWars.com. Welcome to the Powder the Monkey Podcast. Uh, the episode uh, today, the title, uh, we're going to go with Let's Go Brandon. Um, so, and and not for the reason that you would think that we are. Um, with us today, uh, really appreciate him coming on. Uh, we have Brandon Steele. Brandon is uh, a, a patriot. He is a um, House of Delegates member in uh, for West Virginia in the uh, 29th district. And so, uh, you know, Brandon has done some things uh, here recently that I just think needs uh, recognition. We, we sort of talked about it uh, on a couple a couple episodes back, but I think it's really important that uh, the listening audience, people that that may not not see it uh, on Facebook or uh, have, an, have an opportunity elsewise to, you know, to, to hear the words that he said um, in that, and we're going to link to that in the, in the actual description as well, but, uh, you know, just to hear the words that Brandon said, uh, I, th- I think it's something that needs to be said and, and not enough people are saying. So, uh, Brandon, welcome aboard the, uh, the Powder Monkey. We uh, greatly appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, just just to, to kind of give our listening audience a, a rundown, uh, if you will, just uh, give them a brief, uh, you know, bow and, uh, you know, just uh, then we'll get into uh, maybe start with House Bill uh, 335 and go from there. Okay, thank you. Thanks again, Sean. I, I appreciate you having me on here to discuss this. And uh, of course, I'm Brandon Steele. And as Sean said, I represent Raleigh County District 29 in the West Virginia House of Delegates. I'm uh, chairman of the Government Organization Committee. And uh, I've been in the legislature, I was elected November 2018. So since January 2019, I've, I've served Raleigh County and West Virginia in the legislature. Uh, grew up in Raleigh County, uh, right outside of Beckley and uh, graduated from Woodrow Wilson High School. And um, let's see, uh, from there I went to the Marines and um, joined the United States Marine Corps uh, coming out of high school. I uh, served in the Marines, uh, got my undergraduate degree, and um, I went to work as a financial advisor in uh, Beckley. And uh, after a few years of that, I went to law school at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, graduated with my law degree and uh, came back to West Virginia and started my law practice. And uh, I've served as an assistant prosecutor in Raleigh County, and uh, I resigned to run for the House of Delegates from there. Right. And and so and and I think at that point is where initially John and I met you. Um, I think we were introduced by the the great American uh, Thomas Collins. And uh, so uh, Tommy boy. And so, uh, you know, but that was the first time that um, I, I think, you know, John and I have for a long time seen where we are now coming down the down the tracks um and uh you know at that point we were just at the very tip of where social media was beginning to to censor um according to you know it it was it was slipping less from a a public square to more of a um you know a a curated platform and so um you know, it, you, uh, Chanda, um, you know, the, the two of you, I, I think that was sort of a one-two punch for, for people who uh, who were looking for people who would speak truth to power. And, I, and I'm not blowing sunshine up your butt when I say this, man, no. but but um, not just then. I, I mean, you know, you weren't afraid to, to say it like it is, but, um, but what you said on uh, 
September 17th and September 19th, I, you know, I really would like and you know what you published on Facebook. I really would like my listeners to wherever they. Cut out on me there for and uh, how powerful those words were. I, I, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the, the the greatest things I've ever heard an elected official say. And again, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt, man. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just it, that is what really needs to be said. You you confirmed some things to me. You know, I'm, I mean, with this podcast, we tend to get a little bit of uh, like I told you before we went live or not live, but, uh, you know, uh, before we started, before we press record, uh, you know, it's just a. Uh, I don't know, man, we are just uh, at a point in history where we. It, it's just surreal. Um, you made the statement, um, you know, that. uh uh, you were really concerned about what what we uh, as a people are doing to each other right now. And, uh, you know, but I, I guess House Bill 335, let's let's start there. Um, you know, um, you all, um, you know, have have taken some steps. Explain to the to the people in West Virginia what this does and uh you know the, the the protections that it'll afford them, and and the, what they can pursue if if for some reason they aren't protected. Um, you know. Yeah. So so starting with House Bill three thirty five, um, probably the place that you have to start is what is the history of West Virginia with forced vaccination, and apparently we love it. Uh, we've been doing it for a long time, and we do it better than any other state in the union. Yeah. I can't explain that that a people so independent and so free would so readily adopt uh, historically. I'm talking going back generations, guys. I mean, this isn't something that cropped up this week. You know, you could go back 100 years and we strong uh, (laughs) public health laws is how this is getting classified. And that's something that when you go in, whether it's a Democrat majority or Republican majority, there's there's some things that are a shared ethos you know there's some things that are if it can't well and sean you watch us i mean you vote 100 to nothing or zero to 100 we did that to the government governor's tax plan the last session that was kind of fun but um you know there's some things that are just shared uh across both parties as, as just part of who we are one of those things is mandatory vaccination programs. I don't know why we've done it that way. I don't know how we evolved as a state to to believe in that kind of police power, but that's certainly alive and well in West Virginia. So House Bill 335, I would tell you, is the first time ever in West Virginia history where we set forth in law that you have a, a reasonable religious or medical exemption to force vaccination. And it's definitely the first time that also in there is natural immunity. So if a person has the antibodies or, or you know, whatever the case might be, um, they, they have a valid exemption as well. That's the first time that's ever been achieved in West Virginia history. I've, I've heard people talk about it like it's apocalyptic either way. Um, I've, I've, you know, heard folks with the Chamber of Commerce and Manufacturers Association and so forth uh, talk about how this is going to shut their hospitals down. They're going to lose all their funding and mm. everything else. And and uh, that's that's scary. I mean, you're talking about going in there and voting um, with that on your mind of what if this does do that? What if the people we're representing won't be able to get health care or something like that? And you got to make a calculated decision. And my calculated decision can always fall back on the Constitution. Amen. The higher, what is the higher purpose? Is it that my citizens that I represent have the ability to exercise their free will and judgment in, 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 you know, for their own reasons? Or yeah. am I going to take that away and I'm going to silence that? And, and that's, that's where I fall, fall back is, you know, looking at that problem, that's that's the line. That's the line that we should all go in there with. Is mm. 
you know, how is this harming the constitutional rights of, of the citizenry? And you can look, you know, the surprising thing, guys, you could go, the West Virginia Code fit in one book a uh, hundred years ago. The mm-hmm. whole thing, one little book. Now it takes up a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And um, we have an administrative state. We have a bureaucratic state. Um, and that's not just West Virginia. I mean, in, in, across the it's nation. everywhere. Mm-hmm. We've copied ourselves and assimilated ourselves away from a, a tripartite government to a tripartite government that ceded its legislative control to the executive branch, which has delegated it to unelected people across the state. Right. Man, I want to applaud what you just said because you articulated for me a feeling that I have had and and you articulated it in a way that made it really just point blank poignant. This is what has happened is the administrative has turned over their power that was granted to them by us to some unelected bureaucrat that that fits into a mold that works for our agenda whatever that may be and i've seen this as as just a constituent uh, i'm not a constituent of yours but i'm still a constituent of the state of west virginia i'm 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 a lawful american and i and i do exercise my right to vote and um i just want to see that 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 process is honored and respected the way it should be. Um, I feel a lot of disrespect towards our legislative body just because of, not not because of partisan politics, is because where are your balls? You know, like where are you at? Because you're my representative and you know who I want to represent me? I want somebody who's willing to and, fight for what's and, right. And that's one of the things. And, and you've done great too, Brandon. And, and that's one of the things that, that you said in, in the, your September the 17th video is, you know, you're, you know, you're, it's not just a poll that, that we're going off of, you know, where, where 600 people voted in, you yeah. know, you're getting calls. You are the, the, the front line. You are the voice of, of the people in your district. And, and I'm sure elsewhere as well. I'm sure many people have, have turned to you and, and, and voiced their opinions to you. And, uh, you know, and, and I thought that that was one of the more powerful parts of that, you know, of that video is that, you know, this, regardless of all the other rabbit holes that people think I go down, you know, years ago when we first met i was saying you know big tech we have to we have to stop what is happening to you know with big tech and and i understand the importance of free speech and i believe in the free market um and so that is a tricky thing and it can be a slippery slope but honestly it big tech itself now is a slippery slope and we're almost off the edge of it you know presidents are being censored um you know, and and we'll we'll get on to that. You just mentioned bureaucracy, and then I went with technocracy, <laughs> and so. But but you know, it all it, it's all the same. It, they're all mechanisms toward one goal, and uh, you know, with it, uh, you know, you made the statement. You said you fundamentally, uh, it, it's fundamentally offensive to the very fabric of our nation and what it means to be a citizen of the United States. Um, in that, and I mean, it it is. Uh, I, I'm to the point. I live. I live in a world now, Brandon, where I have to call and text my son because he's up at WVU and say, "Stay strong, boy. Don't you know? Don't you know? The CDC is now calling him uh, over and over again. You know about vaccines and and being vaccinated and and all the people up there handing out flyers to him constantly. And and I all I can say is just stay strong. You're going to see the end of this. You know, th- this will not stand to quote the dude. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just to go, you know, to go into that, um, you know, this gave people, um, if they are injured, um, this gave them uh, some, some recourse, uh, I guess, maybe. And if, if maybe not just injured, but it sounds to me um, like you, like what you mentioned on the 19th, you know, we're also looking at, at employers 
and and uh, you know with the with the insurance premiums, we're we're creating different classes. And in the video that Chanda Atkins and I did, she clearly talked about you know we're creating we're segregating, you know and but who can see that because it's it's not on uh, you know YouTube anymore. So no, uh, and and uh, you know that that issue in particular is you know, it's so surprising to me because the very people that were fighting to get Obamacare passed 10 years ago are the very same people that are now telling me to to separate the wheat and the chaff in the plan and charge the chaff a little bit more, you know. Right. <laughs> and violating the law they advocated 10 years ago to come up with. I mean, <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. You know, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing they wanted was it didn't matter if if, you know, you're you're on death's door doorstep. You get health insurance and you got to give them the same rate that you give everybody else. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I know from working in the criminal justice system that a person with HIV can cost the jail system up to a million dollars a year, a million right. year for jail health care. Right. So you can imagine what your your private pay health insurance plan. Absolutely. You no, know, it's it's unsafe. No, we're not going to cover that pre-existing condition, and then still offer them medical medical care. Oh yeah. Sometime over the last twenty years, and maybe longer. I think it actually goes back to uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton in the nineties, when she was advocating for universal health care back then. You had to change the American narrative. Mm -hmm. You had to do it very convincingly and repeatedly because there's this thing called the Constitution. Guys, I'm going to keep going back to that. But it enumerated the power of government. And then it said, if we didn't write it down here, the states get to do it. Right. They became unclear on that, so they did an amendment that said the same exact thing to do it again. But then beyond that, it says, here are the inalienable rights of every citizen. Government can do anything they want between the states and the feds, but you can't do these. Okay. It is a prohibition against our government. Okay. It, it is it is our it is our bill against the government to say these are lines you can't cross. Right. It is our covenant. That whole it is our covenant. Nowhere in that whole document does it say that there is a human fundamental right to health care and each citizen shall be provided health care. Right. Never said that. That's not something that started getting said until, I hate to say it, Lyndon Johnson and then Nixon, but really Hillary Clinton. She's right. the one that tried to change this narrative to yeah. go along with it is a human right. So it becomes a constitutional right. And now you have a great amount of the population sitting there thinking, I have a right to health care. No, you never did. It never said that. It never well, said that. It, and it, it it it's it's amazing to me because at the at the time that that was going on, uh, I was working at Global Contact Services, yeah. and I was working for companies like AIG. I was working for you know um, you know I, and uh, you know well not working for them, but as as a uh, you know private contractor calling and things like that, but. Um, you know, I literally they would have TVs going in the in the, you know, I guess just to kind of give people something to do in between calls. But they the news was on a lot during that time because, you know, the stock market was crashing and everything else and all the bailouts were going on. And at that time, I literally watched Obamacare um, force uh, single mothers who could make it on one job at that point into having to get two jobs because the the definition of what full time was changed so hours were cut and um and then of course on top of that you know as as all of these corporations started you know having financial trouble and and started asking for bailouts then they started cutting work back on top of all that so it felt you know we the word pandemic is being passed around a whole lot you know with covid right now but that was a, a, an economic pandemic, I feel. And again, not to take it down a rabbit hole, and that's, you know, but uh, 
But, you know, I saw I saw the dismantling of, you know, the American, you know, middle class there with with that with with that. And and so here we are now. Um, And, you know, as as a prosecutor, you know, um, with with that background, you know, some of the things that are being said right now, um, I'm sure you watch it and you scratch your head to, you know, to Congress members, um, you know, the, you know, when, when, uh, you know, Rand Paul gets up and he talks about, um, you know, this, the gain of function and, and how many times do people have to, you know, you know, go in front of how, how many, you know, things have to leak about Peter Daszak, you know, you know, talking about Wuhan, you know, and it just and again, I don't. I'm not going just down go a rabbit hole. Say it. Every Fauci, time I go down a rabbit hole, Fauci, shut me up. But, uh, but Fauci I, needs to be arrested. <laughs> that is my own personal well, human well, uh, right to believe that let's way. Talk about. Let's talk about that from a high level, real quick. Okay. It could be right. It could be wrong. It is inconsequential. As, a, as an American, I have a right to prevent the government or I have the right to be free from a government that's putting something in my body against my will. Amen. It was never a generated power of theirs. That was something that was left to the state. And I trust my state legislature a whole lot more than I do the national one. Oh, absolutely. Right. I know how to get a hold of them on the phone, you know. For this they're, reason they're, right here. Yeah. Um, you're, you're dealing with... Another thing that I've seen that that I would tell you over the last four years of doing this um, that I believe now more than ever is this idea of globalism. Globalism is what's really going on with this whole thing. Absolutely. Well, and, I didn't want to take it there, but I'm. <laughs> you said the G word, so let's go, Brandon. <laughs> so, so if we go back to House Bill three thirty five, right? And you saw that pass the House of Delegates. Uh, 68 to 32 or something, some of that nature. Uh, 68 to 32 were absent, I believe. So. Oh, okay. 68 to so. 30 and two were absent. Okay. So that passes the House. Well, the governor put it on a call and then House Bill 335 was introduced. Well, that day I had to take it up in committee. And um, of course, the committee meeting had been posted for 24 hours. So we went with the following morning. And uh, that was the only bill we took up. And, you know, I put the bill out there and uh, Jeff Foster moved the question. And, you know, they they questioned uh, folks from the industry, folks from uh, the Chamber of Commerce and everything else. And basically what you had is you had the lobbyists and, and representatives of the Chamber of Commerce, the Manufacturers Association, the Hospital Association. All of them concerted coming in there and lining up as we were doing this bill. And, um, you know, the it, it was a party line vote, but the six Democrats that are on that committee went on for probably 30 or 40 minutes asking questions and uh, keeping those people talking. And I, I don't think a single Republican spoke the whole time um, and, until roll was called and and we had a roll call vote, 19 to 6. Um, and that's the exact makeup of the committee is 19 Republicans, 6 Democrats. And, you know, I really thought about it going out of there. It's like, these are the same people they accuse us of being being beholden to. Right. That comes up every campaign. Oh, he's just a tool of the Chamber of Commerce or, or he gets that corporate money, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, the same people that you're accusing that of, you know, drove down to Charleston, just did their job and kept their mouth shut. Right. You know, that's where I go back to. I, I trust a state legislature more than a federal one. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. If this goes away tomorrow for me, Sean, I'm fine. I, I still work. I got, I've got a job. I mean, this is right. the end all be all for me. It's You're being it's a servant. Like, it's something you do to serve your community Absolutely. And, be, and be a voice for the people that that are sending you there. Yes, sir. And, you're a representative. That's exactly what you do. Thank you. And and if you and if you if you talk to a lot of delegates, I mean, we are a citizen legislature, you know, so you have taxi cab drivers, you have 
uh, you know, uh, truck drivers, you have attorneys like me, you have doctors, nurses, um, small business owners, insurance salesmen. I mean, you, you have a makeup of right. your community there. Congress isn't like that. And that the whole the whole idea of federal Congress right now um, with with the level of money it takes to get there, with the um, you know, the, the amount of support that has to come from corporate America in, into the federal election system, it's impossible for them not to be bought and paid for. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that most of the legislation coming out of D.C. was created by a lobbyist or a lobbying firm and yeah. fed right into the system. And and I can, I can tell you, you know, as an attorney, I tend to write my own bills, but there are groups that do come and, and have good ideas for legislation that maybe things that we're not thinking of but i sit down with my lawyer you know i i have a lawyer on my committee as my counsel and and we vet it and we look at it and we call the opposition and ask them what's going on with it because there's a lot of issues out there that that can be really esoteric maybe it's a water quality or air quality uh standard issue um and and those things you do need to talk to uh the people in the community about um, a lot of that comes up with PSC with with like Appalachian Electric Power. Yeah, we talk to them all the time because they're dealing with technical stuff that maybe a lot of us don't understand. But one of the right. things we tend to understand is people's rights, and those are paramount to the the. the I just have to say the globalists, right? The Chamber of Commerce. These guys. They want a system that is exactly the same from jurisdiction to jurisdiction covering the face of the earth. So, and, uh, and that's something that you got to be wary of and be thinking about is, well, are we changing for change's sake? Or are we doing this for a legitimate reason? Well, it, and, and that's, you know, people can talk about conspiracy theory all they want. But the first the first time I ever heard of the global elite or the Illuminati or whatever you want to call it, was my grandmother when she would, you know, in church, when they would talk about the one world religion and how you wouldn't be able to buy or sell unless you had this mark. And then, you know, just there's so many things that, and again, I'm I'm not a former prosecutor. I'm, I don't have a law degree, but, but as I understand it, psychopaths like to leave uh, little, little hints and little clues. And, just when when I see the uh, you know the uh, the the patent for uh, you know the the tracking and all the the cryptocurrency you know is oh six oh six oh six and the house bills are you know for for COVID tracking have six 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 attached to them. I, I mean, again, maybe it's just me. Maybe there's no scientific basis for it, but it, that's that chill up my spine still is real and you know i i just like you said when when they're all pushing for a, a, a global you know credit score when they're all pushing for you know a, a, a carbon um you know carbon taxes that's going to be attached when they're all pushing for universal basic income you know um it's it's a uh it, it just it, it never, it, it just doesn't end well. The, the, I've read the book. I know how it ends, and it doesn't bode well for for the people that try to that try to instill that. Um, it's Babylon over and over again. It's just a Babylon system, and uh, you know, I, I know that we have the separation of church and state, but uh, you know, how how far um, until? We have the uh, how far until we have the, uh, you know, argument uh, being passed around and, and spread by the, the media that, you know, the idea that, well, since since, uh, you know, it's it's written that um, we're endowed by our creator with uh, certain inalienable rights that maybe those aren't valid because we never had a creator. So how could we have those rights? You know, I mean, just something like that. I mean. I never thought I would see um, the things happen. I never thought that we would be this close to, um, you know, them going to schools. I mean, the, the World Health Organization is, uh, you know, they're talking about, 
you know, just sending in some of these other countries, just sending your kid to school is implied consent and they yep. can give them vaccinations. How, how do we keep that from coming to West Virginia? I had mentioned uh, the CDC shielding and maybe I'm just reading the law wrong. But that sounds awful sketchy to me, man. And I want to trust. I want to believe. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just uh, is there is there a golden line? I mean, you know, uh, some kind of silver lining to that to that cloud as far as the shielding and everything like that. And is it going to come to West Virginia? I would I would say I would say it to you. In this way. You know, I I don't know if things like that are really going on or they're not. Uh, right. You know, we see information and we have to weigh it. We have to judge it. Some people are going to see it one way and some are going to see it another. Um, this actually goes back to what I'm going to say, though, is this actually goes back to another bill. Sorry, my mic's walking in with lumber. Oh, it's all good, man. No problem at all. <laughs> uh, I lost my co-host, so it's all good. <laughs> Well, I, was, I, I figured it would be better to have a coffin fit outside rather than inside. <laughs> you know, you my, but, my chloral uh, fire. Okay, so let, me. let him get sorry. back to it. Though. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm back. No, no, you're okay. You're okay. Um, where was I at? Um, well, you, uh, let's see here. You were talking about, uh, uh, we were talking about CDC shielding and, and everything like that. What I want you to think about is this goes back to House Bill 2694. I don't know if you remember that, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Um, that's a bill that I wrote and, and sponsored that basically the idea is we took California's sanctuary city law where mm -hmm. they basically said, you know, the federal government can enforce its own immigration law. California law enforcement isn't allowed to participate. and mm -hmm. You know, President Trump fought that and took it to court. And ultimately, the Ninth Circuit ruled that, no, the federal government cannot um, uh, commandeer uh, your local law enforcement to carry out um, its, its means. So uh, we took that and applied it to firearms laws. So basically what the law says is no West Virginia law enforcement officer can participate in, undertake, or charge someone with a federal gun crime that's not also illegal under West Virginia law. Sure. So if, you know, the ATF gets information that somebody has 10 revolvers with no serial number on them, serial number obliteration, that's not illegal under West Virginia law. It is under federal law. Um, right. They can't call the local drug and violent crime task force to go in and serve that warrant and charge that person and get them out. So what the ATF is going to have to do is they're going to have to use their personnel in the state of West Virginia to carry out that warrant. Well, they only have like eight people in their office and it's in Pittsburgh. Right. You know, so covering Southwest PA in West Virginia. I actually think they have part of Ohio. So, you know, it, it's not practical that you know, Joe Biden's executive order on red flag laws could be carried out if your own apparatus isn't there to support it. Sure. Because we have an apparatus here. Uh, I think there's only 13 revenue agents with the IRS in West Virginia, you know, the least by far of any state. Sure. Uh, you know, they, they simply don't have the personnel here to carry that out. So, I would also look at in the coming session, what I would like to see is that same concept get applied to this. You know, mm -hmm. our DHHR doesn't have to cooperate with them by giving them the statistics as they come back from the hospital. We could order them not to, to give that up. Right. I mean, we could do that. I mean, that would be a non-commandeering type of action. Um, I think that would be helpful in containing what you're talking about, they are 90% of the time, Sean, relying on state data to conduct their federal policy. They don't have a federal think tank evaluating things going on in West Virginia. They have to use our data, whether that's mm -hmm. from the DMV, uh, DHHR, 
uh, the Secretary of State's office with your voting records and stuff. Those right. are all by the state government. The federal government doesn't keep anything like that. There is no well, that, federal registration I'm, or anything. Go ahead. I don't mean, but well, that leads me to a question. Um, uh, like our Fourth Amendment says that we're right to uh, have our personal papers and stuff. Does that apply to the state as well? I mean, is the state at that point a, a, a civil entity that it has the right to preserve its documents independent from the federal? Yeah, uh, there. There's so in other words, West Virginia can tell the feds uh, kick stones. Well, in a way, that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly it. That would be a form of non-commandeering. You're not going to utilize the resources we expend to you know, compile this data and then you, you know, use it from us. I mean, you're not, you don't want to do that. Let me ask you this. Um, okay. So state data, but what about, um, and this is, this goes into that technocracy. Uh, what about third party data? Um, a lot of people don't realize that when, when restaurants started to open up again and when you could actually get into a restaurant again, uh, you know, when we came out of the uh, zombie apocalypse, I like to refer to it as, um, a strange thing popped up and there were no more menus. Instead, you were scanning barcodes, right. or, or I'm sorry, not barcodes, but uh, smart tags, QR codes. QR. And what that was, was a contact tracing. As, you know, and again, I'm not trying to rabbit hole. I don't have, you know, documentation on it. But but as I understand it, that was put in for the for the purpose of contact tracing in some way. Now, I, I don't know what information you have on that or if, if you can verify that or um, but. No, I but, don't know if any of that stuff works uh, with the QR codes and stuff like that. I, I will tell you that a lot of the restaurants, um, <laughs> even around Beckley, you go in and they didn't give you a menu, but there was a sticker on the table. Scan the QR code, get the menu. So I, I know what you're talking about. Now, as far as that being used to, you know, from a database standpoint, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, we things like with uh, and, and your bigger point, I think, is exactly what you said. What about third parties? Mm -hmm. We walk around with this phone turned on all day long. They already know everything you're doing. Yes. I mean, my goodness, I could be, I could, I've been walking around and just had the thought of, okay, you know, my wife's birthday's coming up or Christmas yep. is coming up. And the exact thing I'm thinking about pops up on my phone, you know, yes. I didn't even say anything, I, I, you know, or anything like that. I mean, it's like the thing has a mind of its own. But all that data between Apple and Google and Facebook and, and Twitter and everything else, your, your web browser and, all you've you've signed this away so many times right. we really give our personal data that that to your point sean the federal government would not be able to get unless they had a search warrant with problem absolutely right absolutely so we're giving it away anyway yeah and we gave it up so that the flashy blue screen would make us feel good Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mapping yeah, the human domain. Um, That's what it's called. Mapping the human domain. And, and if you look at how it happened, it was ingenious. Absolutely. He voluntarily gave it to you and signed a release that you do whatever you want with it. And and for, for people who are listening, um, I'm just going to say, <laughs> and but um, look up LifeLog. Just Google LifeLog. <laughs> yeah. And when LifeLog ended and when Facebook began. <laughs> And uh, you know now we're evolving to the to the metaverse. The meta. And you know it 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 kind of smacks of the um, the matrix where people are in their pods, which uh, again not going down a rabbit hole, but DARPA even talked at some point about putting you know people in pods. So you know I, I, again we you know we're seeing. And again, not just that, not just the thing that's in our pocket that would would have given Orwell, um, you know, just just chills up and down his uh, leg like uh, what's the dude uh, the who got thrills up and down his leg whenever Obama would would talk to him? What was the? I don't know. There was a lot of Any, anyway. Um, so, uh, but the you know, it's just man that you know, it's so far beyond just that pocket, just Big Brother being in our pocket. Now, if somebody wants to see something really creepy, 
watch Black Mirror and then look at what Boston Dynamics has gotten and <laughs> and now realize that they're live and they're walking around doing security with 50 calibers on their back. Um, you know, and that's the that's the animal version. Look up at people can Google Atlas if they want to by Boston Dynamics. That's a Terminator. So, um, you know, the military's being purged, uh, you know, uh, the people who are mad at their uh, local school councils are now being investigated. Um, and it all, you know, there's been a chilling effect on the media. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not even going into the Project Veritas uh, news that broke. I mean, you know, just there's so many things. And I just... How is we the people I know? And again, I believe in the free market. I had a preacher come on and I believe it was divinely inspired that before this whole COVID thing happened, he talked about the best way to beat it is to not participate in it. Don't spend your money at a place that um, is pushing, you know, policies you don't agree with. Um, you know, let your dollar do the voting. But when you get to a point where you no longer have a dollar because it's all a universal basic income, and I'm again, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we're teetering on something here. They're talking about supply line issues, and I, I a country boy can survive. Okay, we can skim bucks, we can run trout lines, but but I mean, it, it's just. You know, you you made the statement we are. You know, you you use the word authoritarian in in that in that September seventeenth video, and that tells me that somewhere down the line something has failed horribly. And if we don't right the ship, if we don't get those constitutional safeguards back in check, and if we don't have um, if we don't have trust in our, our election process and our medical, uh, you know, the, the medical system and all the things that are failing us, um, you know, it's only a short step between right on time delivery breaking down and, you know, it starvation. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uh, listening to, you know, to, to too many things, uh, too many different talk shows. <laughs> but but I. I, I can see it. It's real. It's palatable. I mean, I wake up and like I said, in a in a in a in a reality where I am texting my kids every day saying, do not take the shot if they come to your school, you know, don't don't if if they if they kick you out of WVU, uh, so what? You know, don't take it. You know, if you don't want to take it, don't take it. And and so I, I just uh how do we, you know, if, if our forefathers were alive today, Brandon, and I know you've studied the Constitution, I know that you have some background in, in the people that framed them, but in your opinion, if if they just all magically appeared and were had a, had a few days to mull over what has happened and what has transpired, uh, you know, what do you think they would say and you know, I mean, what do you think our uh, the, the framers of the Constitution would think about where we are today? Well, I think that, you know, myself, that I, th I think the first thing would be the contempt that you have for some parts of the document, but the love you have for others, you know, in that. It's like... You know, you have to take this system of government as a whole. You can't you take that whole document and say, hey, 80% of this looks really good. Uh, this other 20% we're just not going to talk about. We're not mm -hmm. going to bring up because that's what keeps the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. Right. And so many times the things that people want to forget are those rights retained by the citizen that the government can't infringe upon. And, and I think that's where... You know, somebody like Jefferson or somebody like Hamilton may look up and say, yeah, maybe we should have had this as section number one. You know, this Bill of Rights thing. Maybe that should have been the first section, just establish who's really in charge of this thing. The other thing, I, I think they would have regretted trying to keep money out of politics um, or regretted not trying to sure. keep money out of politics. It's, all, it's something they all saw coming um, as... The world was changing in the in the late 1700s, going to the 1800s. 
um, you're starting to have actual manufacturing happen. You know, the East India Trading Company is the most powerful company in the world, or or at least was. And um, you, they just saw this coming. They saw it on the horizon. And they tried to develop a system that would counterbalance itself so much that there was no real way to make it move in one direction too far too fast. That's one thing that I've learned about government. But That's I think the thing that that I think they would have went back and addressed would have been of all the things we didn't control, we didn't control the money going into politics and that we should have probably paid more attention to. But I think if they were to react how people to how people are living today in accordance with that, they'd just be shocked. Right. I mean, they came up with a whole branch of government that didn't exist in the original document. And it's the largest, most well-funded and unelected body in the world. And right. that is that bureaucracy. Mm. And I think just the very sight of that and the largesse that has just grown out of it and that authoritarian style control from an unelected person, that would scare me to death if I, if I was one of the founders. Uh, that, uh, that was the thing uh, they were trying to get rid of. And I hope the reports are right, that, Pete, that the Supreme Court is going to wake up to exactly what Steve Bannon talked about. And that is if we want to get ourselves back to where we're supposed to be from a size of the federal government standpoint, the role of the state government standpoint and the rights of the individual citizen and get that balance back, you have to get rid of the federal bureaucracy. That's okay, well, should have been doing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just this poses a question to me: is like, who do you see that are are of the same spirit that that is the the up and coming leaders such as yourself? Is, is, is there anybody else out there? Are there other people out there that you see on the horizon that are actually? that are going to follow that that good faith sentiment and 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 follow it and do it i mean do we have any hope looking forward or are like are you the last bastion i mean are you guys the greatest generation really no um no, i think there's a lot of people in government at least elected you, you could pull a majority of the members of my caucus in the house and they would be saying the exact same thing to you yeah. um you know, you mentioned Chanda before, and you've probably met Tony Painter and other people. You know, Mark Dean. I mean, a lot of these guys are just salt of the earth, you know, and they're not beholden to anybody. And and so I think you'd be surprised among your state legislators, at least in the House, you'll find people that are, are not so, you know, wrapped up in it that they just go do the right thing. Um, the problem is, is that's not who controls your your federal Congress. You know, right. when it's well, and, and, and frankly, there's it's there's too much prestige and too much wealth that comes from becoming a congressman it has nothing to do with the salary. But the right. prestige, the fame and the wealth that come from maybe you serve, you know, two terms in Congress. Now you're the CEO of a company worth 10 billion dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, or or you're running some think tank, or or, or being a host of the Powder Monkey podcast. You know, you it's we're 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 huge impacts. We're huge impacts. Yeah. There you go. So um, there's there's too much uh, money and influence tied to that mainstream that mainstream narrative that it, it just simple fact that I would do an interview with you guys and talk about this stuff. Oh, that that can't be our choice, you know that uh, kind of thing. Man, <laughs> man most I, most we hope it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and honestly, you know, like I said, it's a, uh, it's something that people need to be vocal about. Um, you know, I I had the privilege of of you know seeing you being there and you know kind of from you know seeing you claw and fight for what you you know for 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 where you're at right now i mean it it was uh you know but you know at the same time 
I, I never had a doubt that the people were going to, you know, we're going to see what, you know, you, you just, you were one of the most genuine people, um, you know, out there. And that's what we were in search of, man. I mean, and again, good to, to circle back a little bit, uh, you know, you all just, uh, you know, you said the things that we were hoping to hear. And as we, as we talked, um, you know, uh, to people as we were knocking doors, uh, as we were making calls, um, you know, the Democrats, uh, that renewed my faith in people quite a bit, uh, you know, because I hear a lot of the negative. And, yeah. But but to see, um, you know, veterans who, you know, you know, Vietnam veterans, Korean veterans, and, and everybody, even, you know, hard blue, you know, they'd be listed as hard blue on my sheet, but, uh, but you know, they would be... Uh, you know, they would all say the same thing. I'm a Democrat. I'm a registered Democrat, but my party left me. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people said that in Virginia recently. And, uh, you know, it just it does my heart good to see the 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 Brandon Steeles, the the Chanda Atkins, the Tucker Davises, the the Samuel Lusks, the Thomas Collins, everybody who who does it. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. You know, for wherever you live, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you want to if you want to be boots on the ground. Find somebody who is saying the things that need to be said and, you know, will do the things that need to be done and put your time into that. That's that's where it that's where it all happens is door to door, face to face heart and mind, one heart, one mind at a time. And, it, you know, it's not it's not a, a, a hard sell. You know, hey, do you want to be free? Do you want to live free of mandates? Do you not want uh, them eventually coming for you for your protection and loading you on a train somewhere? <laughs> you know, I mean, because that's historically where it goes. I've read books, you know, I know, you know, and, and we are in the midst of that exact same battle plan being played out, you know. And and Brandon, just you know, like I said, you have uh, you have absolutely just uh, uh, been a faithful, um, you know, uh, 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 representative to your servant. I mean, to your uh, to your constituents. And, and so your your service, your um, everything. I, I know you don't do it for the money, <laughs> you know, uh, and you probably don't do it for all that great press that you get sometimes either. <laughs> Key to keeping people free, pay the politicians so poorly nobody wants to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's got to it's got to rank up there around uh, uh, podcast host or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, assistant podcast host, uh, by the way. <laughs> we eight minutes. Uh, anything that we didn't cover, I, I always find great interviews, and this is an important interview. But I always find the great ones that when I go back and listen, they're kind of like the fight that you got in grade school, and you think, "Man, I should have said that, or I should have done that." <laughs> so, is there anything that we didn't? touch is there anything that you want to tell uh, your constituents and any other patriot any other person listening to this to this podcast you know what do you have to say to them in closing you know um there's there's times that we can look at the circumstances of the world and and become very grim and um you know have we have a bleak outlook sometimes when we look at you know, circumstances. And um, I think the one thing that we have to remember is America has come through like some really horrendous stuff. And a lot of which is worse than what's going on right now. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, this is not the first time. So I would say, one, don't be surprised when America has one of these really rough growing pains. It happens all throughout her history. Um, it's not the end of the world because we usually come out of it okay. But the thing that we got to be concerned about is how we're going to come out of it. Are we going to come out of it by the strength and will of corporations, unelected people, uh, people telling us how to believe, what to believe, and people that are ultimately separating us from those rights that make us unique? 
um, that are contained in our constitution, our way of life. And when America, when America has come out great, when America has come out with one of these crises and come out great, it's because they followed the guidebook while they were going through the problem. That's one. And you're going to have to elect people that are willing to do that. You're going to have to find people that are willing to say, I know you're afraid, but this document says we can't do that to these people. You know, you, you got to be able to say that. Right. Um, you got you got to you got to have people there that don't don't need to be there. Don't necessarily want to be there, but feel as they're they're actually there doing a duty and serving. Because as you guys have pointed out, there's very few people out there that have a real concern for that, that that's their number one concern. And um, I think that's that's probably the first thing I would look for when I'm looking to vote for somebody. So I guess I would say is, you know, keep hope alive. We just watched something happen in Virginia that I pray is going to keep going for another year. Absolutely. Um, I really think if you look at the way that this administration has handled uh, the last year and a half, uh, or it's going on two years now, um, the way that they've handled that has been atrocious. Um, mandates, you know, coming coming this late, um, you know, still a CDC that's compliant and not checking on the efficacy of this vaccine. Right. Uh, the FDA and the CDC don't even perform the functions that people think they perform. And they really don't. They're more of a process committee that we give out for free to corporations. But that's it. You know, um, so I think you need people that are going to watch that and be willing to stand up to it. And um, I think that's what happened in Virginia. People are seeing it and getting sick of it. I think that's going to happen next year. And I think we'll win the we'll win the house back. We should keep this in check. And um, I, I look for probably in West Virginia, uh, the Republican position in the House and the Senate growing more because we're awake and people are watching this and um, people people are learning to go out and find a podcast like you guys or, you know, um, gosh, read a different news source to figure out what's going on in your community. People are awake, man. And, and one thing I'll tell you that, um, you know, there's there's a lot more people engaged than you think. I get a lot more emails, a lot more phone calls, a lot more messages than you guys would think. I'm and sure. uh, that is one thing that, you know, with big tech coming along, I, I understand that, you know, we've been abused at some points. But I, I will tell you, in, in terms of talking to guys that have been there a long time in the legislature, they'll tell you that the scrutiny that you get put under now in the state legislature is they would come in 20 years ago and do something not even tell them nobody even know what they did right. you know nobody's reporting on it nobody's really keeping track of it now i take a vote on a bill i got three neighbors on the street sending me a message about hey what's going on with that good deal that's what we need we need more people engaged and i and i think that's what i'm telling you guys there's hope out there because we are under more scrutiny right now than we've ever been. Good. And, and that that keeps democracy healthy. Absolutely. Well, one last thing, man. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I just I, I need to ask this because it was another important thing you said. You, you said that you're going to resist in, in the 17th. And you said to resist. How how do we do that? Um, you know, and and stay within the confines of the law. I believe that, I, like Roger, it's very clever. You know what he said, but um, you know, I just how do we how do we um, how do we resist and and how do I put this? Um, when, I, I mean, just how do we do it and stay within the right without being seen as a radical or a, no way. you know, a, uh, uh, you know, some type of, uh, 
extremist, you know, if, if parents, if, if parents are being listened to, I mean, you know, and, and looked at hard by Merrick Garland and, and the FBI, what are, what's happening to the average American who, you know, West Virginian who, who says, I'm not going to comply. I mean, how, do, you know, peaceful non-compliance, what does that mean? I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, how do we do it? Well, <clears throat> You know, you just exercise your rights within the law. I mean, it's the same guiding principle that we had hoped the government would, would abide by is, you know, act within yourself. But as soon as you harm somebody else, you're in the wrong, you know. Right. So if, you're, if yeah. your noncompliance is standing there and saying, I'm not going to do it. Um, if your noncompliance is going to the legislature and making yourself heard, driving up there and going to their committee meetings, you know, getting appointments and going in their offices and telling them, hey, we need these protections. Sure. Uh, that's peaceful noncompliance, you know, that's peaceful yeah. protest. Well, um, I, think it's when we, I think it's when we go to harm somebody else or go to harm some property or something like that, sure. you know, uh, there, there is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Everything healthy about letting your government know how you feel about what they've done. Sure. Um, and um, I think it's, it's also talking about it like you're talking about. Um, I don't think that this, this country's at a point of boiling over into physical conflict. Um, one, I don't think that. I mean, I, I was in the military, sure. and. There was at no point in time that I was in the Marines that I would have followed an order to to go after my own country. I right. think that's about everybody in the military. They're not going to do that. Local law enforcement isn't going to do that. Your sheriffs, your neighbor, you know, the deputies and so forth, they're not going to do that. They, the people that want to push this agenda realize that they do not have the physical force to make you do it. Sure. What they do have by, you know, way of being propped up by the corporations is the economic power to make you do it. Right. So I, terrorism. That's the economic that's terrorism. Where, you know, work mandates. You work for the federal government, you're going to have it. Um, you know, on down the line, you know, you won't be able to shop here. You know, these stores could deny you entry if you're not vaccinated, this, that and the other. Um, you know, charging you more for your health insurance. They'll just make it so economically uncomfortable for you. You'll go do it just to not have to put up with it. Yep. And that's the type of coercion and persuasion they're going to use. And um, I think that's something that we have to be cognizant of and resist. We have sure. to resist that. It's uh, just that go that ahead. I'm sorry, and the, but the the thing that scares me and the image I always have, Brandon, is is Katrina, yeah. where there's there's video of National Guards saying, "I never thought I'd be doing this," and yeah. and to know that General Honore is now, you know, buddies yeah. with a, you know, I mean, right there, um, you know, and following following, uh, you know, uh, Biden's Biden's agenda, and so. You know, and that that is that's what scares me. That's that's the point that where I, I think we really have lost everything if we ever have another Katrina like, um, you know, where you're where you're going door to door taking weapons from people who are staying in their home in high and dry areas and tackling little old ladies, you know, in in their kitchen because they have a revolver. It, it it that's that's what scares me. That's what worries me. And I don't think it would ever come to West Virginia. I think, I think you know, I I, I I have faith in people, and I know that at some point enough would be enough. But but I just I just hope people hear and listen to the things you've had to say tonight. And again, I'm going to post the the full videos uh, from. Uh, I'm going to link to the full videos on Facebook, um, and. Uh, you know, I, I highly recommend everybody check out, uh, you know, what, what Brandon, uh, you know, said in full, watch it in full because it's powerful, it's moving. And Brandon, you are a, 
a super patriot in our in our book, man. And 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 thank you for coming on. And uh, you know, and anytime you have anything to say, reach out to us, and we'll get it to all three or four of our viewers. So <laughs> I, I just have one last thing to say. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a billboard and put it on there. For yes, that. I'll be the first one. I'll tell you what, when it's time, when it's time <laughs> to see signs, let's I'm go. I'm gonna be holding one. <laughs> and, so. and thank you guys. Thank you for having me on and, and everything else. Love doing it. Absolutely. Pleasure, man. sir. Thanks thank you. And, uh, thanks I'll, for I'll keep my eye on you. All right. Thank right. you. All right, buddy. They don't care about the truth. They just want to run with this, this juvenile narrative. Well, yeah, they're authoritarians, and they're making their move, and big tech's allied with dying corporate media and dying political systems and the Chicoms and the EU and Hollywood and all this, and they're just going, yeah, we're thugs. We're making our move, and now they're saying we're going to take your banking away. We're going to harass you at your house. I mean, it's happening to me. It's happening to you. Uh, they are really, really pushing it, Gavin. Where do you think all this goes? We have to start our own pirate ships and, and fight back. You know, pirateinfowars.com. Pirating since before it was hip.